fingers to the bone. I never get to go home. This is my ever wanted life, man. If that's destiny, I work my fingers to the bone. I never get to go home. This is my ever wanted life, man. If that's destiny, damn, I destroyed myself, but you contributed. I destroyed myself, but you helped. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Local Earshot Podcast. This podcast is brought to you by 13 Step Tone Solutions and More Bands Media. That is yours truly, me, Brad Biggs, with 13 Step Tone Solutions, and Jonathan Grissom with More Bands Media. Jonathan, how you doing today, man? I'm all right. It's Easter. It's, uh, Easter. It's yeah. Easter. No matter um, what you celebrate, but uh, the emojis were exactly in the order that uh, matches up with the holiday. Oh, it was, yeah? It was a rabbit and a, a bird, like, bouncing out of an egg and then like a ball party i'm like well you know if you look at the yeah. old religions it's, it's uh it's a mix of them all it's man. literally just it's pagan it's pagan christian, it's christian Muslim, it's everything it's it's, it's, uh, it's everybody loves the spring equinox i don't mm-hmm. give a fuck what's not to love are. it's sure yeah it's beautiful. a nice part of the year yeah it's beautiful today we got kyle reed in with us today kyle how you doing man doing great hey. yeah excited to be here thanks for having me dude i'm glad we're able to catch you literally in between gigs are we today it is yeah i just got got back from playing in oklahoma city i'm playing the deli later today <laughs> all right man well uh that's very very busy so sure I, uh i know you have an album out but uh, you you wear a lot of hats so uh i mm. guess let's get right into it let's, yeah uh, where, where are you from <laughs> and and what led you down this path oh yeah well you know I uh, I was born in in Texas in Houston, and uh, you know was a little kid there. But uh, my family had family in Oklahoma, so we'd go here for Christmas and stuff. And then eventually, my dad got a chance to get a job in Oklahoma City, uh, and we moved up to Edmond when I was in like kindergarten. So then I you know I grew up in Edmond, went to school at Edmond Memorial, and after after graduating, went to uh, OU for engineering. And, um, that whole time, you know, high school, uh, I was into skateboarding and stuff and I, I broke my collarbone, uh, and decided that I was, you know, it was time for a different hobby, you know, <laughs> like I was like, I, you know, I thought I was, I was cool and tough and I'm not that tough. You know, I had to, I had to do something that wasn't going to hurt my body so much, but I was getting into guitar, you know, and, uh, all through college, I'd play gigs here, there, do whatever. Um, and then whenever graduation time came, I, you know, I just had the revelation that, you know, if I were to go be an engineer, I'd be pretty unhappy. I think, you know, I'd be pretty bummed out and, uh, you know, it'd, it'd probably pay better than being a musician or doing whatever, but you know, by, by a, a lot, a lot. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, luckily I didn't have any student loan debt, which, you know, like is a weird thing, you know. So I, I was I was lucky enough and I thought, you know what, I'm just going to see what happens. I'm just going to keep playing music. And uh, it's been it's been good enough. You know, I'm not, you know, uh, living living that American dream where I'm, you know, like buying a house or anything. But I I'm able to pay the bills and I'm able to, you know, pursue things that I find interesting that, you know, are also super fulfilling. You know, the music. It, it did. It just felt like, you know, well, you know, what else am I going to do? You know, like I could do something else, but every day I'd be waiting until quitting time so I could go play some music with my yeah. buds. Right. Yeah. You know? Well, and, and it's like once it, it's a, 
it's hard to explain, but it's mm-hmm. it's uh, having a creative outlet, no matter who you are. Yeah, I think is is almost critical for just being ha- uh, happy. Oh yeah, uh, just being a functioning, ha- happy, healthy human. You uh, know? But then to to take it to the next step and say, I want to try to turn this into a business. I sure. caution people. That oh yeah, it, it can ruin that love. <laughs> it can. Yeah. No. It it can. You know. It's it's so nice to be able to just put it down whenever you want and say, Oh, I'm, you know, like, it's just my hobby. I don't, I don't have to do, (laughs) I don't have to do this, you know, but then, you know, yeah, when you are, you know, being paid to do it, you're professional, right? You, you know, there's a certain amount of just showing up to work. Right. And, and I do that. I don't mind, you know, I like that was the, the revelation come graduation, you know, deciding not to go into engineering and, and, making peace with the idea that, okay, you know, like you may play some gigs that are like not super cool gigs, you know, (laughs) you know, but I've played some gigs that are just like amazingly super cool gigs as well. But I'm also, you know, I'm not, I'm not too cool to, you know, play a wedding gig or to play just at a restaurant somewhere. And people don't have to pay attention to every, you know, everything I do. And I can just play music in the background and, you know, like be paid for my time and then go do something else. And that's, that's okay with me. You know, that's, that's what I do part of the time. And then part of the time, you know, I've gotten to, you know, I love working in the studio and I've gotten to work on albums that, uh, are, are super rad. like the album that I made for my own self, my own band, and then stuff with Carter Sampson or, uh, uh, Samantha Crane that, you know, these albums, they go, they go places and I get to, you know, uh, go off and, and do tours with, with other artists and do things that take me outside of my, my normal sphere of musical, you know, influence and endeavors. And, and that's super rad too. I love the, uh, the sideman thing as well. Yeah. You know, that's just, the first, that's when I caught your gig oh, was with mm-hmm. uh, Megan. Megan. Oh yeah. Megan Marlene. Shout yeah. out to Megan Marlene. Hey Megan. Uh, she's also going to be playing Norman music fest. Uh, yes, she's opening up the gig Saturday. The Saturday of that, I think. The That's gonna be a good day. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. oh yeah. It's it's uh we're we're actually we had to do a double. We had uh, uh Rocky Kanega in yesterday, and nice. we had you in today. So we're prepping so we can just put these two out that week, and then we can just hey. cover Norm Music Fest. We just go there every day and not worry chill out, not worry oh, yeah. about it, and that'll be fun. Enjoy the event. Absolutely, great idea. But where did uh? Okay, so let me just say it like this. As a guitar player, when I heard you playing, like, all yeah. right, this dude is, you, you you have a tone, it's it's very unique, it's dialed in, and Thank it's you. like, okay, I build amps, I know what the, <laughs> I know what's going on, there's something going on there, so let's get into the gearhead a little bit of you before, right. before the album. Sure, uh, I love that. What, and yeah, just go, like, dude, how did you, I, why did you want to build an amp? Dude. So, uh, you know, I, I studied engineering and I took a couple of electronics courses and mechanical, you know, stuff, um, and lots of physics classes. And I just loved problem solving. I loved technical things. And, um, after graduation, I didn't get to do it as much, you know, like, and also being a musician, you know, I didn't have a ton of money to buy stuff, you know, to, to build or whatever. And so for a long time I built cigar box guitars. That was my like sort of little workaround is like, you know, you can get a cigar box from the cigar shop for a, a buck. Right. And then, you know, a piece of wood and uh, a piezo pickup. Right. And have a thing that you can plug into your amp and like overdrive and it sounds rad and yeah. stuff, but it's, it costs nothing. Right. And it, um, but it sort of scratched that itch for a while. Um, 
the real thing was, you know, um, the first inclination was uh, back in 2016, I think, when uh, Campus Joe died. Do you remember uh, Campus uh, TV and Music over on Campus Corner? Mm-mm. Man, is this guy? He it was two doors down from the deli, right? And and he lived in the back of his shop, right? He did. He had. He did electronics repair, and he had a bunch of, like, strings and drumsticks and cables and everything. So he lived in the back of that shop, and he'd keep the door, you know, he'd keep the sign on until, you know, 11 o'clock or something. So if you were playing the deli and you broke a string or didn't have your cable or something, you'd go knock on the door, and he'd, like, sell you one at, you know, 11, 11.30 at night. <laughs> but also, you know, I had a broken tube amp, and I took it to him, and he just, you know, plopped it on the desk and fixed it right in front of my eyes, you know, and, and, uh, you know, charged me $12 and sent me on my way, you know, and I was like, who's this guy? Yeah. You know, like, oh, actually at the time I was like, oh, great. I don't have to worry about how to do this. I can take it to him. Right. But then he died and I was like, oh no, now I don't, you know, I don't know who can do that. And I thought, well, you know, honestly, I'd like to be the kind of person who could do that. At the time I wasn't, I didn't know, you know, I didn't remember enough from electronics class Whoa. or anything. And I was, uh, you know, I, I started getting the inclination, like, oh, I want to learn how to how to do this stuff, tube amps specifically. Um, but, you know, it's sort of a wider thing, you know, ha- having a home recording studio, which, you know, six, seven years ago, I started really focusing on, I'd like to be able to engineer my own stuff, right? Um, I love working at different studios with different engineers and producers, but I also lots of times will just have a specific sound in my head and I think you know, the shortest track between the sound in my mind and the sound coming out of the speakers, if I can, you know, shorten that path by doing all those things myself, I'd like to learn how to do that. Right. So building home studios, I got really into, okay, you know what? I can't afford a B3, right. You know, I'd love to have a Hammond, uh, or, you know, but you can get an M3, a Hammond M3 on the side of the curb, you know, like just about any day, you know, or on Facebook Marketplace for a hundred bucks, you can get an M3. And it's got all the same sort of features. You hook that up to a Leslie and you've got like the Hammond sound for yeah. all, you know, all your recording uh, needs. So once again, I'm like, okay, I want to be the kind of person who can fix a Hammond organ. You, you think about all these jobs that are held by like these wise old dudes right the the pedal steel guitar player in the country band i'm like i'd like to know how to do what that guy does because i think that guy's super cool and, and there's only a few of them there's only a few of them <laughs> and someday i want to be that guy right and and same with oh the the dude who fixes hammond organs you know all the churches still use hammond organs and they call there's only you know three or four guys in the state who do hammond organs right so i start you know reading all of the the schematics, the service manuals and stuff. And then the pandemic hits. Right. And I, I, up until then I've been just like, while I'm on tour with somebody, I'm just, I've got my iPad, I'm looking at schematics and I'm like putting it all together little by little looking for like the real information, looking, you know, trying to find the thing and I not quite getting it. Right. And then I found uh, the key that unlocked it, which was a podcast called the truth about vintage amps hmm. and i don't know if you've listened to this podcast is, is that the dude out in tennessee that's trying to he basically just breaking the internet with tone oh stuff? I, I don't know no no this is uh this is put on by the fretboard journal oh and it might be different yeah and basically the premise is it's car talk for tube amps so people call in with questions like hey my 
you know, my 67 deluxe reverb is making a funny noise whenever I turn on the, you know, the, the reverb, you know, like what's, what's the what matter? And, you know, the guys will say, you know, well, you should check, you know, the cathode resistor on this tube, you know, because that's the one that is the reverb recovery tube that mixes it in with the live you know, troubleshooting. Literally. Yeah. yeah you know, that's what I've been awesome. looking for. Uh, and they also had book recommendations. Uh, you know, if you want to learn more about how these circuits work, read, you know, these five, 10, a dozen books over the course of like a hundred and something episodes they've done, you know, just you pick up these book recommendations and then get on eBay. You can find those books for 10, 15 bucks sometimes. And it's, it's amazing because a lot of these books are old books, you know, from the forties, fifties, sixties. They're the circuits are remarkably simple, yeah. you know, and the concepts are remarkably simple. Um, and then it's, it's about little details, you know, um, like just today, I couldn't help myself. Last night I played in Perkins at the old church with Carter Sampson. She's releasing her album that uh, I uh, produced with her. And we've had a couple of release shows. Um, but the the guy who was running sound, uh, Travis Fight, he's an engineer and a songwriter, and, and he does a lot of the same stuff. But he's got these cool Alltech Lansing uh, mixers, like five inputs down to one uh, channel, just tube mixer right preamp and he asked me to look it over and i you know i've got a, a long backlog of stuff but i was like that's so cool i can't help you know i this morning before my first gig before the podcast before my second gig <laughs> i was like oh i need to look at this you know this this mixer and it was amazing it's it's a beautifully designed i've never seen anything so pretty as far as like the layout of components and everything and I was, you know, just cleaning pots and doing stuff. And then I was testing it and it sounded great, but it, it, it had, you know, the dreaded burr, you know, like, yeah. hum. and I was like, this yeah. is, that's shocking because this thing has DC filaments, <laughs> you know, like it's, what you did there, you know, <laughs> but, but it's, you know, like this shouldn't have any, but then of course, you know, I get, I get out the chopstick, right. And I look and there is a, a twisted filament wire that runs right next to the the master volume control. And I, I just moved that thing further away with the chopstick and the hum just disappears, right? Just the layout, the, the layout of the cables, you know, these little things make such a difference with the circuits, you're right, are so simple. And that's what got me, you know, gave me the confidence to get started at all. Right. You know, because a lot, you know, I, and I don't really mess with pedals much uh, either. And largely because like a lot of the solid state stuff is just kind of still, baffling my brain you know yeah it's it's uh i've done i've built pedals that mm -hmm. were the schematics is there i haven't built one and made engineered my own sure I, I built sure one that like basically just follow the schematics same yeah but uh yeah and, and the and same with amps i haven't mm -hmm. done my own i've repaired existing ones and that blueprint for the blues junior i did oh but, uh, yeah mm -hmm. what's this on the top of the table here though I, I gotta ask about this yeah i i, I want to talk about it so it's this is sort of an indicative of lots of the stuff I've been doing lately, which is uh, it is a repurposed reel-to-reel -reel, um, amp. So this, you know, would live. Oh, sure, it. yeah, absolutely. So this would live inside of a uh, a reel-to-reel, -reel, like in a suitcase. You know, it had a, it would have a left channel and a right channel. It's the Akai M7 or M8. Or the Roberts 770. It goes by a bunch of different names, but they were made um, in Japan, and they're uh, incredible. 
Like, so it's a single ended EL84 amplifier and it's got enough preamp tubes uh, that essentially I've, I've kind of rerouted things in this amplifier to now give us two channels um, that each have independent volume controls to mix together, right? So a lot like, you know, kind of like a Tweed Deluxe or one of those old Fenders will have channel one, channel two, and you can mix them together uh, with a tone control that you can switch between each channel. And then uh, the EL84, no, not the EL84, the EF86 preamp tube, the, the Pentode, has actually got a microphone input transformer on it too. So you can run a microphone into there, one of these SM7s. Oh. I use one of those mics with one of these for vocals all the time. And uh, I've got a line output. Um, it's also got a speaker output that is uh, switched with a dummy load. So it's safe to run this thing without a speaker on it and just run it as a preamp, and which I do all the time. You run your microphone in here, your volume, switch the tone over here, tone. This is a, a pad, and this is a, a phase reverse switch for the microphone uh, preamp. Huh. And so you can run that in. You can also run guitar or line level stuff into this channel. And can well, I was just saying, can you run that in stereo so you get vocals in one and well, so so here's here's the thing: there is a break point right on the wiper of the uh, the mic preamp side, the the mic preamp channel. You can come right off that volume control out into the world. So if you wanted to, you say you have you know like a mixer or you know an, an interface or a DI or whatever, you could run right out of this volume pod output and have the vocals be isolated and have anything in here come out of that, that main line output and have it, have it be separated. But that also yields a really cool possibility. You can take that volume output right here and cascade it into the second channel. Now check this out. This is no longer a mixing volume controls. This is a preamp and a post, pre and post, like sort of overdrive control. So now okay. you run a microphone or just a guitar, and this switch just switches between the the TRS and the XLR cable. But you could run your guitar in here, crank this one, dial this one back, put the tone control on the on the front end or the back end. It sounds different either way, and it drive the living hell out of it. I played this amp uh, yesterday with Carter. Um, I was running my Telecaster into this, I had an A, B box and I was going into each channel, like A channel over here, B channel over here, set for different drive controls, right? You know, uh, one of them relatively clean, the other one just dimed, like crunch, right? And then uh, running out of there into all of my tremolo, uh, the line output, right? So I had the speaker plugged in, super dry, overdriven or clean, but it was totally dry. The line went out into the tremolo, the delay, the reverb into just a very clean amplifier. But all the overdrive came right came from, from this that. little thing. That's yeah. freaking cool, man. Man, it's, it is a blast. And it's got all of that, like, because it's, it's a single EL84. It's like a four or five watt amp. And so you can get away with turning it pretty yeah. much all the way up yeah. and, and not, not totally killing your your ears you know destroying the fucking right exactly <laughs> but that's where it sounds that's where it sounds super super cool and it's just got that like 
that forever sustain, you know, like that, that crunch and, and, and bloom, right. Where the note just goes, wow. Damn. Yeah. You're, you're way deeper into this than, than I got. This is, Oh man, that's badass, man. Dude. Thank you. I'm, I'm, I'm so into the idea and this, this model, this, you know, Akai thing, I've spent more time with this than, than lots of the others. So I've like totally reworked the circuit. When I do these, I strip it down to the resistors because they, these are, these are built with these really awesome wire wound resistors that'll pretty much never go out of spec. Right. So, and they also set up all the gain staging. So I just leave that alone, use the same tubes, put in new caps and play with the routing. Right. You know, yeah. like just yeah. sending it here, sending it there. <clears throat> this didn't used to have that mixing capability, but I've always thought that little tube mixers are the, just the coolest looking things you can see in a studio, you know, like, if I can put two signals into a thing and blend them together and, you know, record the output, that makes me really happy. Has has doing this kind of work, I'm, 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 I'm going to segue into, oh, the, yeah, into yeah. the album sure. here, but Please. Mm-hmm. I want to ask because it's taken me on a trip too. Has, yeah. has looking into this type of work um, kind of broadened your perspective on just the nature <laughs> of whatever this is, reality itself? <laughs> sure, yeah, you know, it's... <clears throat> It's been, you know, it's been nice to have a thing to put my put my attention in that isn't like the news or whatever, you know, like to have like I can sit on my couch and read a book from, you know, like the early 60s or whatever or the, you know, the 40s or 50s and be expanding my brain and learning something that I can apply and, you know, my studio, like my home studio a year or two years ago didn't look as cool as it does now because now I've been building and fixing all of these, you know, tube amps and mic preamps and Hammond organs and Wurlitzers and stuff. And now my home studio has all this cool stuff that, you know, like that I get to play with. And that when people come in to record, we get to play with, you know, stuff where I'm like, Oh, check this out. This is a, you know, you're not going to see this in anyone else's studio because I just like, made it in my shed you well, know and it's like it's it's electric it's it's electrons uh-huh. it's yes. copper and iron and yes and then we're it's 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 magic i mean crazy. it's genuine it's 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 amazing that it works you know like because <laughs> like i read the books and i'm like okay i get the theory you know if i put a capacitor in between these things this is going to happen i'm like okay but then you do it and it works yes. and you're just like whoa <laughs> don't touch yeah. it don't yeah no, right <laughs> but i wanna but i can't yeah that's yeah, Oh, dude! It's it it blows my mind. I think just the nature mm-hmm. of of music is an art yeah. form. I mean, oh. you're already talking about a an electrochemical thing going off in someone's head. You're not kidding. Translated yeah. through mm-hmm. an instrument, which right. is an electrical signal, <laughs> which is expressed and amplified, and it's like yeah, you can track that wavelength from yeah. start to finish. That's, yeah. That's cool, man. Oh, dude, it's it's amazing, and and yeah, you know, like I'm, I've been all jazzed on the like the electronics and the gear side of it. But yeah, I mean, you mentioned you know the songwriting, and there's you know there are people who are you know wizards of songwriting who just yeah will you know spin a certain a certain melody with a certain chord with a certain lyric, and it'll just uh, you know completely. It's it's like you're touching you know 120 volt you yeah. know like mains Aha, thing you're just like yeah. oh my god well uh, let's let's go with that as far as uh-huh. um your, as far as your 
your uh, experience going into music and mm. actually trying to to do this album. The, the album's yeah. called uh, Tin Can Gramophone. It dropped. Did it drop earlier this? Yeah, last in, month? Uh, in in March, early March. March. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. How did it come to be? Well, th- this album was uh, sort of uh, the album that was the collage, you know, from uh, COVID time and, and, and things that I had started pre COVID that I was like, that's too good to not finish. I'm going to put in the time to actually finish it now, you know? So there's, there's one song on there. That's a cover. All, all the rest of them I wrote, but we did uh, Hank Williams, your cheating heart. But uh, we had this, this idea and I thought I was very clever. Uh and I remember at the time, my bass player, my roommate, Johnny, one of my best friends ever, he's like, man, you, you best not mess with Hank Williams. Right? <laughs> you know, just, just leave Hank alone, you know, do it the way Hank did it. But I was like, no, man, like, check this out. So we did, uh, we took your cheating heart, but we put it in a minor key and we gave it kind of like a, like a Latin uh, rumba or something, you know, just like a, a, hmm. a kind of Latin feel. And it was fun. It was, a, it was it's a it's a fun uh, song. But you know, I started that. That was just a thing. I, I I got the idea when I was living in Kansas City for a year, and I recorded a little thing to a drum machine, right, and then put it away, and you know, come back years and you know, a whole I made a whole album in between then and now, you know, and there was oh man, there was one of them from the very first recording session I had done, um, in preparation for the very first. Uh, album I was I was putting out with you know this kind of specifically jazz oriented like music style and I recorded this whole original thing the the bass drums guitar and a scratch vocal and I remember just like not particularly liking the vocal or the lyrics but the bass and the drums and the guitar were all just like immaculate so I thought you know that was 12 years ago or whatever, you know, 13 years ago, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm confident I can write some better lyrics now, you know, like, <laughs> let me just, another shot. let me just finish that song, you know, and then there were some that I, you know, were brand new, you know, that I wrote, uh, I, there's a, a tune, um, nice guy that's lots of synthesizers and drum machines and stuff. And, um, that one I wrote very recently and I honestly, I haven't been, you know, writing songs, you know, it's been, a. uh, a dry spell for a, just a while. I've kind of just like, I don't chase them anymore. You yeah. know, like if they show up, I'm grateful. And I, and then I try to put in the due diligence to make sure they don't just like float off into the ether. And this is one of those cases where I was walking out the door and all of a sudden I, I had the, 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 the verse, right. You know, the first verse, I just, it, it was right there, like complete with the chords and the melody. And so I ran inside and I got my guitar and I said, to my girlfriend, I said, I have to play this for you so that I can remember it <laughs> later, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Been there. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and it stuck and I, I put it on there, but you know, then there, you know, so yeah, there's, there were some that were, they were brand new, some that were, were so old, um, that I'm, you know, like all my cells have regenerated since, you know, <laughs> like I put the, put down the original little bits, but, um, well, let's, I mean, if we were to play a couple tunes and, and oh, yeah. uh, just maybe get it out there for people to hear, what were, what would be a couple that you would oh, you man. put top of the list? Well, uh, one of them that I'm real proud of, that's a lot of fun and it's totally different. You know, I mentioned, you know, a lot of the stuff that I write, uh, when I write original tunes, I try to, um, do it in a vernacular of kind of early jazz there's you know certain chords and rhythms 
that when you hear them, you just think New Orleans, ragtime, yeah. you know, early Americana, you know, early, early country even, all has this kind of vibe where, you know, at least to me, like when I hear it, it makes me feel, you know, at home, please, pleasant. Uh, Randy Newman is a master at this kind of thing, which is why, you know, all those Pixar movies that use his stuff, you hear it and you're just like, oh, you know, why am I feeling, you know, all these, you know, intense feelings? It's like, oh, it's Randy. It's Randy Newman again. Uh, but uh, but I, I put a song on there that's nothing like that at all, <laughs> right? You know, because I, I love that jazz and Americana style and sort of the study of, of that and being able to use that ver- that vernacular and the, that um, vocabulary appropriately. But there's a tune called Shaken. It's the second tune on uh, the album. And this is one that I started before I moved to Kansas City. This must have been 2015. But it was essentially um, my uh, sort of trying to do something the wrong way, essentially. Um, I'm a huge Tom Waits fan. Yeah. Know, like, uh, yeah. Got, got to love Tom Waits. And I love so much the way that he'll make a song that. You know, I, I, I don't know what it's about. I still don't know what it's about. You know, like that's a lot of his catalog. Though. I don't know I mean, if like, I really uh, care what it's about. You know, it just but, feels cool. And every every and then he has a gem in there. That's oh, like, does, like yeah, the nickel for instance. Of course, like, yeah, like, down on the nickel. Whoa, like yeah, where where'd this come mm-hmm. from? Oh, know? dude, he's got so, such beautiful songs. You can never hold back spring. Yeah, you know, like I, I love his ballads. You know, but I also love the well. You know, he he had that compilation. Uh, Bastards, uh, what, what was it? Bastards, ballers, and brawlers—the three different kinds of songs that he write, likes to write. You know, <laughs> the ballers, the ballads, right? You know, all the sweet, you know, sad songs, and the the brawlers are like sort of the rock and rock and roll or bluesy things, and then the bastards were like all the weird ones where he's just like reading poetry and yeah. someone's like detuning a piano in the and background. He's got, uh-huh. That's Lou, Lou Reed too. Uh-huh. He's, he right. can get so far out from me. Sometimes I'm like, I just can't. Oh, yeah. uh, I love the guy, but sure. I just can't. There's, there's, a, you know, I, I skip a couple still, you yeah. Know? <laughs> but, yeah. But you know, I love some of those uh, weird sounding ones. And I'm the couple times I listened to it, like, uh, you know, uh, cooking up a Filipino box spring hog or, um, you know, big in Japan or something where I'm like, I don't know if he did, but he sounds like he could have made this with like a sampler, like a hip hop kind of thing, you know? And so I was like, well, I want to try to do that. Right. So I, I just like got my electric guitar and sampled myself doing a couple of just like real, like Tom Waits style, like ice picky, bluesy kind of guitar things layered a couple layers of that. And I was like, that's pretty funny. That's cool. I dig that. And then got a percussive thing going. And I was like, you know, what would what would Tom Waits do? He'd hit, you know, like a robe and a trash can and whatever, bing and 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 a ting and whatever. And and you get all these different sounds. Whole studios and instruments. That's right. Yep. Right. Every sound is valid if it's appropriate for you know what you're trying to do. And so then I just built this this you know um, big beat right. You know, like you know in in a hip hop sense, but it was me attempting to sound like a Tom Waits thing. And then just had a lot of fun after that with, you know, layering different vocals with different filtered effects. And, um, you know, put, I put that cigar box guitar on that album, you know, um, which I haven't put cigar box on an album in a, in a while, but for that one, it felt right. You know, the Tom Waits thing, yeah. you know, well, uh, let's, we'll do shake. What's another one you got. Shaken, oh yeah. Shaken. Um, and then, um, Oh man, 
there's uh i think the other uh one that uh is is sort of um well this yeah this uh the other uh one that's more indicative of the kind of uh Randy Newman or New Orleans jazz that that I'm really into is uh no way to get by which right. i think it might even be that might be the one that comes on right after shaken in the lineup if i think if i'm remembering right all right well let's load them up man let's see if we can uh, we'll we'll play all these right. and then we'll uh what time are we at? Ah, we'll we'll uh, talk about it a little more and then uh, Rad. see where we go from here, buddy. I dig it. Cool. He said uh, shaking on you. Shaking and no way to get by. Mm-hmm. Oh, they're right in order, so. There cool. you go. I'm sorry, little bird, but I'm shaking. Don't build your nest on me. Somebody was mistaken If they said I was a sturdy tree My roots are rotten I'm hollowed outside And I've only got one leaf left And he's hanging on for dear life Hanging on for dear life Yeah, I've been shaking And I'm swaying in the breeze I'm exposed to the elements I'm worn out Taken. Don't carve your name on me. Gonna leave your heart aching. Gotta go wild, gotta go free. My branches are bony. I don't provide no shade. To fall in love with a crooked old tree is like sleeping with a sickle blade. Like sleeping with a sickle blade. Cause I've been shaking and I'm swaying in the breeze.
ain't got to move all day Trying to find a little food to eat Or some bottles for the pay Some people ain't got nothing Some folks got even less Brother, ain't life fucking hard enough Try living underneath that stress You know that ain't no way to get by Oh, it ain't no way to get by That's how we merely survive And out here keeping the dream alive You know that ain't no way to get by Oh, it ain't no way to get by It ain't no way to get by Just out here keeping the dream alive up early and scheme up traps all day laying them out along the path of the working people on their way some people don't build nothing yet they cash all the checks making their living off another man's sweat while kicking back behind Surviving out here keeping the dream alive That ain't no way to get by Oh, it ain't no way to get by It ain't no way to get by Just out here keeping the dream alive Just out here keeping the dream alive Out here keeping Shaken and no way to get by. Kyle, um, yeah. Before we start wrapping her up, let's give some shout outs to Horton Records. Oh, yes. Out in Tulsa. Tell us a little bit about that and your, and your uh, interaction with them and doing this. Oh, yeah. Well, Horton Records has released several of my, my albums now, and they're always great. You know, they are a nonprofit record label. If you know, you can believe such thing exists. It's, it's real. And I, I didn't. And now that you said that it's the wheels are kind of turning in my head. So that's why I want to know a little more. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's great. You know, and, and he's been super supportive, you know, he's up in Tulsa. It's very much kind of like, in fact, I think the, the logo 
has a the subtitle, you know, the Tulsa Sound or something like that, you know, or the sound made in Tulsa, I think. Um, but you know, he's supportive of even you know, like folks like me down in Norman, you know, outside of Tulsa, um, because he's he's just a rad rad dude who you know like understands you know, like the kind of help that musicians really need and the kind of help that, that they, they don't, I think, you know, like, and he's, he's open to, you know, like he's somebody you can talk to. You run into so many people in the music industry who let their ego get in the way of just, you know, being a, being a, a real person, you know, like, or, you know, like sometimes let their ego get in the way of, of just doing, you know, like good business or, or whatever, yeah. you know, yeah. but this is not Brian. He's like, he's always like the, the quickest to, you know, like listen to any concern you got or to, you know, be willing to talk about something. And so, um, yeah, no, Horton Records has been, been really great. And, you know, when I, I came to him, I said, Hey, I recorded an album, you know, like in my shed. Yeah. You know, like <laughs> you think you got, you know, room on the release schedule for it. And then, you know, he's releasing all kinds of rad stuff and he's like, yeah, absolutely. You know? Um, and so, you know, in that process of recording in the shed, I'd like to also shout out, you know, some of the players on the album who are just, you know, some, some good buds and, and great, great, uh, players. So, you know, the, um, the drums were done by Steve Bowes. Who, oh yeah, you know about Steve, Breathing right? Yeah, yeah, he was uh, he was on with us with Sisteria. Oh great, yeah. yeah mm-hmm. Shout out to those guys. Man. Yeah, no, no, I've known Steve a long time, and I've learned a lot from Steve, and he's just fantastic. You know, I love that guy. Great drummer, and he gets he gets the vibe. He knows what I'm what I'm going for. Yeah, and uh, uh, the bass uh, on the album was played by Johnny Carlton. Johnny Carlton is my uh, my good buddy, uh, roommate, and uh, bass player, and he's he's just you know one of those great um, you know he picks it up you you know we don't we rarely talk about chords or whatever you know like I I use a lot of weird chords you know they're jazz chords you know you've got your d- diminished <laughs> stuff you got your augmented stuff you got all your sixes and nines and sevens and flat whatevers but you know I don't not anymore do I like to spend much time talking about it with a band or yeah. make, making charts or whatever. And so I've kind of spoiled myself. Like I basically nowadays only play with people who you can just play them the thing and they listen to it and then they start playing a thing and it sounds good. And you're like, okay, great. You, you know. went full beer snob in the guitar world. Did I you? did. I was just like, <laughs> if you can't pick up this, you know, E flat, you know, augmented with a, a raised, you know, fifth, you, your you blood know. pressure would be sky high jamming yeah. with me. It really would. <laughs> So Johnny Carlton, love the guy, slaps that bass. He he knows all the walks. He puts him in the right spot. Um, and then the trumpet, longtime friend, Kevin Stringfellow. Uh, he's a new dad, and he's he's one of our favorite people. He plays in a mariachi band when he's not playing jazz with me. And so he's got cool. the kind of trumpet tone that makes, you know, sounds like lasers are coming out of it. You know, <laughs> he's just like, bah. And then uh, Colin Farrell played the, uh, the uh, clar- uh, clarinet on the album, and uh, he's a badass. Uh, actually, shout out to him. I haven't haven't actually run into him in a couple of months. I hope he's doing doing all right. Um, and then uh, Ryan Jones played the piano. Ryan Jones is just one of my all time favorite musicians. He's got that thing, you know, like you're playing jazz. It's an improvisational music. You expect people to make stuff up on the spot, right? Lots of times. And so 
you're prepared every once in a while for somebody to just like not land it. Right. <laughs> you know, like yeah. among me and my friends, we have a, a an inside joke uh, that um, we were playing at the deli one time at dramatic pause. You know, you got the, everyone's hanging in this empty space. And then my friend, uh, John Calvin, who was playing guitar in the band at the time, he starts playing, you know, like, some kind of like trill lick, you know, da, 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 like trying to make something in the space, right? It's it's not outside the rules. It's you know bold, but if it works, it's awesome, right? He just must have like you know like looked at his hands in the mirror or something like right before, because <laughs> he, he you know like it was a bunch of uh, you know like it was it was to jazz, you know, you know, you play a wrong note, it's jazz, right? It's it like, <laughs> and I tell, I say this with love. I love this guy so much because we were playing to nobody. This is my band and we're at the deli playing to nobody except for like this one drunk guy in the back. And as soon as John like finished his, his attempt at, at this riff and none of the notes landed right where he wanted them to, we all just stopped and let the thing hang. And this one drunk guy in the back said, nice lick. <laughs> and so nowadays, we all, you know, we're just ready, ready for the nice licks. But um, Ryan Jones, I don't know if I've ever heard him. Like he, he, he's making stuff up all the time, and it's all perfect. It's the kind of stuff that makes you go, like, makes me stop playing in the middle of the song and just be like, "What, dude? dude what? what is this, dude? That's amazing." Yeah. And then there's one last shout out from the record, which is uh, Ken Pomeroy who uh, if you haven't had her on the podcast, she's amazing. She's a songwriter and um, I've recorded and engineered and produced a couple of uh, albums for her. Um, and she actually, we've got a, we released a single back in January called Alibi, which is a very kind of bluesy jazzy uh, thing. And we have an intro on that, that sounds like uh, you're tuning in the radio to uh, Ken singing that very song. Um, with you know some kind of weird static in the background, but um, I was going to have her sing like harmony on the song, or you know like a unison in the chorus. But with that and the horns, it ended up being a little too much, right? You know, like with this kind of New Orleans type jazz, you want to have instruments on top of each other. Yeah. The clarinet plays at the same time as the trumpet, plays at the same time as the piano, and you can—they're all in different frequency ranges and different sonic spaces and you can kind of and they're also often you know playing complementary licks you know where the trumpet is being very staccato and pop 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 chord and but that lets the clarinet play some nice legato it's it's literally like like musical gumbo you just yeah it actually comes from that part really it's so true and it all fits you know together so nicely (laughs) but um I, you know, lightning struck and I was like, oh, how cool would it be to sample Ken like just off on her own out in space, right? And make it sound like this eerie alien broadcast or something, you know? So that's shout out to Ken as well. Cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, um, before we get out of here, let's get some, uh, I know you've, we're going to play Norman Music Fest. We're going to make sure we that's get right. this episode out the week of it. So um, what day are you playing at Norman Music Fest? We're playing Saturday night. Uh, I believe the time is 8.30 at the Gray Street stage. Okay. So that's that's going to be a cool set. I Our friend, uh, that's the 29th. I believe so. Let me pull that calendar up so I'll mm-hmm. make sure. But yeah, Megan Marlene's actually, uh, as far as the 
it looks on the schedule she's opening that day from what it looks like awesome so uh shout out to her uh, all we have a lot of friends playing oh this yeah hysteria's coming back over there it's, good yeah uh, yeah so it's gonna be great if y'all are out there listening and you want to Come on down and visit us here in Norman and see us up. up. We're going to be crawling up and down Main Street. It's by a the free music thing, festival. Man. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. Vendors up and down the street. Mm-hmm. It's it's a huge party. Come on out and, and see everybody. And uh, coming up next month, you're at uh, with Bo Jennings and the Tigers. Uh, where is Legacy? All right, so Legacy Park is a is a little amphitheater. It's over on like oh. Twenty fourth, uh, like over by where that target is. You know what I mean? Like there's a uh, oh right here in in Norman. Yeah, oh, when you in said Norman. it, I was thinking OKC, but I'm like I don't know. Oh no, no, oh, okay. yeah, right, it, in right. in Norman, right on uh, you know, kind of the north Robinson north part area of Norman. over by mm-hmm. the okay. north by okay. the target. Yeah, yeah, like so it's a lawn chairs and cooler situation. Bring your bring oh, your cool. cooler and your you know your 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 blanket or a lawn chair or something we've done it a, a a couple years ago not you know not since covid but yeah we've played a bunch of shows over there and it's it's always fun you know just getting outside when the weather's nice and playing some music well awesome man mm-hmm. we'll uh we'll put all this stuff up there and we'll i'll probably holler at you when we drop the episode make sure we can all get it out oh, and, awesome. and get all the yeah all the frequencies and all the people's ears totally. so uh Kyle, thank you for coming in, man. We appreciate Dude, it. Dude, thank you so much. I really I appreciate you guys. Jonathan, uh, if people want to help us keep this thing going, how can they do that, man? Uh, the local earshot podcast we run on the value for value system. That is time, talent, and treasure. Uh, we value everybody's time for listening. We know that there's like a shit ton of fucking podcasts out there. Three it's not many, many podcasts on local music, though. Uh, we're actually one of the few. So... Um, but uh, but yeah, and then the second T is talent. So if you want to be on the show, then you can hit me up at john at thelocalearshot dot com or Brad on our Instagram page, the local earshot, and uh, then we can get you all scheduled out to actually come on the episode and talk about music. Um, and that's open to anybody that works in the music industry or if you're inside a band or whatever. So, uh, and then the third T is treasure. So if you want to donate to the show, you can go over to thelocalearshot dot com. There's a tab that says donate. Uh, we take crypto, we take cash out, we take Venmo. Uh, we, we actually are back to taking, um, under a tip jar thing that's in our, uh, our link tree. Uh, it, it gives us, uh, PayPal. So we are back to take PayPal. Um, yeah. And, uh, thank you for listening. We love y'all. We'll see y'all. Bye-bye.